Stay inspired on the go with Springboard Zone, an inspirational podcast from internationally acclaimed executive coaches, authors and ministers, Albert and Comfort Okran. You will be inspired and challenged with strategies to consistently reach for new heights. And now, today's message by Reverend Albert Okran. What are your thoughts about the Ghana that you will call your ideal Ghana? The, your idea may sound crazy, but hey, this is the official platform for sharing it. I have the blessing of hosting two distinguished personalities, very good friends of Springboard, Roadshow Springboard, the Virtual University, and of course, the Registrar and I. They'll be sharing with us their own 10 critical success factors and helping us to unpack this very interesting but maybe very simple concept. Let me start with, to my left on radio, so you can see, legal practitioner and my brother from another mother, Ace Kujuana Nankuma. Ace, welcome to Springboard. Um, thank you, Albert. Always good to see you, my brother. Yeah, you know, and w- w- welcome home. Thank you. <laughs> thank you very much. Right, let me swing to lecturer and consultant, Dr. Isiansa, my mm-hmm. runaway sister. How are you? I'm <laughs> very well, thank you, Albert. Always good to have you both. Right, so before we sit down to, to, to unpack this, I mean, let me just find out how easy or how difficult it was Scripting ten prescriptions for your ideal gun. Let me start with you, Ace. Well, um, you know, I told you that ten was a lot. Yes. So, so I did <laughs> the most sensible thing I could do. I, I I pushed on my Facebook wall and page. On my wall, I had about seventy something responses. Mm. On my page, there were over five thousand hits and about one forty responses. So I just sat down and collated them. <laughs> just told them um, the ones that agreed with what I was thinking. And here I am um, going to present plagiarized views. Right. So in, in a certain sense, you, you, what, what you intend to present will be not just yours, but the views of people largely that you interface with. Yeah, yeah but coincides with, right. with what I believe in. I, 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 had, I had the 10 points down, but what this did was to give Confirm me a them, view that right. there are others who think along the lines that I think that I'm thinking right that, now. That's exactly what we want to achieve with this series. Try and collate ideas. In. And at the end of the series, we have to try and say, listen, based on the commonalities across board, these are, this is a fair idea of what matters to people. And for anyone who is involved in policy, this could be a useful guide to you as you think about what Ghanaians are concerned about. Um, did you find yourself working with thoughts that already were within reach, or did you have to sit down and think about other areas that you had concerns or interests? Um, there were a few points where, I mean, it was easy because it's stuff we all talk about. And then there were a few that um, I think once people hear, they think I'm crazy, but um, I figure it's good to be crazy sometimes. Right, right. It's <laughs> you know, so I was running away from that. You're in good company. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go crazy. It is one other, other thing you hope to achieve with this series. I mean, and, and that was going to be my next question. How practical or, or realistic uh, uh, will those thoughts be? Let me start with this. How practical or realistic do you think that they are? I think everything is practical. It depends on how you approach it. So um, <clears throat> there's some of the things we may think, oh, we can't do it here. You know, culturally, it won't be accepted or whatever. But once you start with the mindset change, the rest will follow. Right. You know, so I think everything can be practical. It may not be desired. People may not want it even though they may need it. Right. Yeah. Is how much did our current reality influence your thinking? I think that everything here has to do with our current reality and my and a lot of it is really really my thoughts mm-hmm. on how to resolve these. Some may sound absolutely extremely idealistic, some mm-hmm. may sound controversial, 
but these are 10 ways in which I think, they're not the only ways, but these are 10 ways in which I think we can build the ideal society, maybe not just for ourselves, but for our children and our grandchildren, Mm. because we cannot remain this way forever. Mm. We are on a journey to nowhere, and unless and until we shape it and determine where we are going, our children will inherit what we inherited from our fathers. Mm. And uh, now I'll be tempted to get a bit controversial. I said uh, some of our fathers sat down and let the white man take over their power and let cool plotters take over their power. Mm. It's our generation, and we may not have been, we may not be that laid back to let people take power, but we are stealing. What will our children do? And that's just by way of introduction to the series. <laughs> and, and, and we have five more of these coming up in the next... <laughs> the subject for today and for the next five weeks my ideal Ghana what do you want to see in your nation if you had a chance to design the nation based on your your, your own prescriptions what you desire what you want to see what will feature on the canvas I have two guests to help me get this show underway and let me start with maybe let me start with Isi give, give us your first five prescriptions for your ideal Ghana just uh, in headline form, they will see if you can begin to unpack the details. So, what will your first five be? Um, a public leadership training institute for all public leaders. Nobody can get into public office without going through that training. Please lay down. <laughs> <laughs> Please lay down. All right. That, that's very serious. Say it again. A public leadership training institute. Um, for all public leaders, where nobody can get into public office without going through that training. Right. And then I'd love to see Ghana as an industrial powerhouse, not just importing, but producing, manufacturing, etc. So industry. And then there's education and literacy. One key, in fact, two keywords for me here are choice and career planning. Did you do your, your bit on education and literacy? Yes. So this is, you know, focus a serious focus on education and literacy. Right. Right. So choice and. So the choice is part of education. Yes. Right. So a choice where you know people can actually make choices along the along the way, and then um, a clean green environment with lots of options for indoor and outdoor recreation. I think it's critical. Right. And then a rationalized road network with the rail and road grid across the country, north, south, east, west, you know, cutting across in all directions. Rail network. Rail network. Right. First five prescriptions, public leadership training institute and a mandatory requirement for everyone seeking to be in public office. The second one, you want us to be an industrial powerhouse, not just importing but producing. The third one, you want us to have a focus on education and literacy. And you mentioned two words, choice and? Career. Choice and career. Explain those two. Well, when you look at our current system... Um, students really have no choice. You go and study this, go and study that. There's no exposure to different career options. Um, and then we assign what people should be studying. And I think it stifles us a lot. Um, people talk about STEM, for example, forgetting that the arts, literature, all those things are important. And for me, a creative people can solve problems. You know, So 
it's important to begin introducing choice and career exposure right from primary school all the way up and getting into a system where people are studying things that they want to study, they are interested in. I assume people are studying what they want to study. No. It's only when their grades don't meet the um, course that they want that they don't get it. Is that the case? Well, some, no. You know, growing up, I don't know about the two, I think it's the same for the two of you, where if you were smart in quotes, you studied the sciences. And if you were well, not you as good enough, yes, right. then you were pushed towards the arts. So you may have somebody who's studying science, to, studying to be a medical doctor, who hates it? But we'd rather be doing history or geography, etc. And so that element of choice and career exposure, I think, will do us a, a, a whole lot of good. Right. And then a clean, green environment, mm-hmm. indoor and outdoor. Yes. Right. Green indoors sounds quite interesting. And then the well, with recreational options, indoors and outdoors. All right. Yes. All right. Then extensive road network in all four directions, north, south, east, and west. Road and rail. Road and rail. Okay. Road and rail. Right. Good. I'm sure the other five will, will... I'll come to that. Yes, let me start with your first five prescriptions. Okay, it's not really in, in, in any order. Right. Um, AC's brilliant five is going to make me sound pedestrian. No, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> well, my number one is the new Ghanaian. Mm. You can guess where I'm going. It's mm-hmm. the one who's moved from being a conformist to a transforming person. Mm. I almost said transformer, but that sounds very ECG. <laughs> but, so the one who's moved from conforming to transforming. Mm. That's my first one. Two. My deal Ghana will from tomorrow start 30 years of free education right across the board. Mm. Free public education. It's a 30-year project. Why 30 years? By 30, the... the the baby who is born tomorrow will be 30 and will have a job. And by that time, the society will be so established through education that he or she can pay for his kids to go to school. If you say for the next 30 years, are you saying that from 2016 to 2046? Yep. Or you're saying that for the first 30 years of a person's life? No, 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 Help no, me no. understand. No, the, the, that, that the baby who is born tomorrow will be 30 years tomorrow, right? In 30, 30 years' time. Right. But by that, so that by that time, we would have produced a new, a new crop, crop right. who can afford to pay for their children to go to any school they want to go to. So we gradually introduce fee pay. What informs this particular prescription? This. Um, do you want us to get into the details now? <laughs> no, I, because, no, look, I've, I've seen, I, I, I think there's one country that tried it and it transformed the country. Mm. And I believe that, look, an educated citizenry is absolutely essential. Mm-hmm. People say that, oh, uh, come to Ghana because there's cheap labor. Yes, it's cheap in price, but it's also cheap in quality. Mm. But if we can boost the quality of our labor force through education, there'll be a massive realization of even personal... Look, the person who's, be, who's been to school, presumably, will clean his gutters, so he's not infected by malaria. The person who's been to school and understands the workings of the system will demand more from government, Right? And we, if we don't move to the next level where our minds are open, because this, it's a, it has to be a mind revolution. If we don't get that mind revolution, we will remain where we are, being fed with mediocrity and saying thank you. Do we want it? Well, what you're describing? Ideal. <laughs> <laughs> Number three. <laughs> Number three. Small government. Now, by that, I'm not saying reduce the number of ministers. 
I believe that a behemoth government like we have... I know somebody in Kentucky who will be smiling at this. Actually, he's at JFK right now on his way to Accra. I know. <laughs> now, <laughs> look, like a, be- like a huge government is a beast. It has to be starved. It has to be shrunk to size. I think that we need to reduce things like the powers of gov- government to appoint everybody in the, in the public and civil service. I believe that we should shrink the public service. We should shrink the civil service into a small size. Albert, on my way here, I heard that yesterday the Swiss have voted not to accept a salary of $2,500 a month for doing no work. The proposal was that every Swiss should be paid $2,500 a month just for being Swiss. And guess what? 75% of the people voted against it. Why? We don't want this. We don't want the freebie. The country may be rich. I don't know if you, let's ask a question. Do you know the name of the Chancellor or President or Prime Minister of Switzerland? No. You don't care. I've been to that country a couple of times. I don't know. You don't see him on TV commission projects <laughs> or hair. But the system works like their watches, mm. like clockwork. Right? There's something to learn. Governance is not, I, do, I don't believe it's geographically. Look, governance is governance. Human beings are human beings. Can, can we learn? But I, I believe that we need to shrink government. Government is too big. It is competing in business, competing in finance. It is borrowing, lending. lending. <laughs> government should be governance. And I believe that we need to shrink the size of government. But I'll talk about other, other aspects of it later. Let me, let, me, let, me, let me just hit on this government issue. Is it, is it about the, the, the level of influence or the, the size per se? Both ways. You see, it is so huge that it sucks out energy. It occupies too much space and doesn't leave enough room for private growth. Mm. Right? Why am I paying 26% interest, 32% interest to the, to, 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 to the banks? It is because the government is borrowing at 26%. Right. Why is the government borrowing? To feed that beast called government. It is too huge. There are too many hangers on. I believe we can shrink the size. A lot of the things that government, governments do can go to the private sector. It is 25 minutes past the, the hour of... of and past number three. 7 o'clock, and I'm just on 8 out of 20. <laughs> and this is just by way of introduction. <laughs> Let me come to ACES. Fourth prescription. Um, this deals with Parliament. I believe that we need to merge, bring in a system of proportional representation. Mm. Now, if you look at the proposals for the 1992 Constitution, the, the, the people who did the proposal suggested a half-and-half half situation where half parliamentarians are elected directly, first past the post, and the other half are brought in through proportional representation, looking at your, your the, the, the amount of votes you won across the country. The parties will be asked this time to bring people in, more like technocrats, mm. to, accept, to assist who will be MPs, not through the direct voting, but through a technocratic system. You know, and it can help things like tribal balance. So, for instance, a party that doesn't win any votes, let's say, in my village, can actually bring somebody from my village to parliament who is a technocrat and can assist parliament. Now, we jettisoned that and said we have no history of proportional representation. I'm beginning to believe that we need a system where half are voted and half come in through proportional representation. And we shouldn't go with more than 100. 50 voted, 50 proportional representation. I know somebody else who would, would smile at the idea of a hundred parliamentarians. Just the 100. person would just be so, so happy to hear 50 this. 50 constituencies voted, 50 by proportional representation. Give me your number five. Number five. <laughs> yeah, would you like trouble? Reduce the number of public holidays. Mm, I agree. 
I believe so, that some days can be observed without staying at home. Do you know it's an offense to go to work on a public holiday? Right. Why should I go to jail because I want to work for this country? Mm. It doesn't make sense. <laughs> there are four holidays that I believe there, there are five holidays that I believe we can we can some we can merge mm -hmm. and some we can scrap. Mm -hmm. Simply observe them. We don't have to stay at home mm -hmm. like AUD. <laughs> Only seven countries in Africa celebrate AUD and they are all broke countries. Including Ghana. Okay, Albert, sorry, you asked Right. For it. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. So, so I I'm gonna ask you at the end of at the end of this 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 series which which of the which of the ten you are most passionate about. But I, one thing that is giving me so much joy is that we've we've had five from each side and yet there's still no intersection, direct intersection. I, which I, 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 it might have maybe in the second half of the match. <laughs> but, problems uh, are many. But, but it just tells me that it just tells me that given the chance each of us will and I, and I could see you nodding your head when Izzy was oh, speaking yes. and I could see her nodding her head when you were speaking. <laughs> I, I, I am not when I, 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 I could have thought of what she thought about. It's like, wow. <laughs> All right. And vice versa. <laughs> All right. We're almost halfway through this program. And let me just remind you if you just joined us. It's a very important discussion we are having about the ideal Ghana. And uh, my my, it's my pleasure to announce the first five of Dr. Isi as Public Leadership Training Institute and a mandatory, uh, it be mandatory for everyone seeking public office to attend that institute. The second one, Ghana being an industrial powerhouse, not just importing but producing. The third one, a revising of our approach to education and literacy. Maybe that, that's the one that you had some um, intersection in. And she talked about choice and career development. The fourth one is a clean green environment, both with options for recreation, both indoor and outdoor. The fifth is an extensive road and rail network in all four directions. North, south, east and west. Ace has gotten the new Ghanaian a movement from being a conformist to a transformist. The second one being a 30-year program of free public education starting tomorrow, the 6th of June, or is it the fifth? Is it the sixth year? Sixth of June. The third one is small government and and, and small government in, in both ways, in terms of the size and the influence. And he described the huge government as a beast which must be reduced to size or tamed. The fourth is proportional representation in parliament, something that somehow, anytime you mention, the parties in majority resist, mm -hmm. the parties in minority understand. Why we don't take that understanding when we cross over is a subject for further discussion. The fifth one is to reduce the number of public holidays, and he has singled out one that is evidently, <laughs> uh, in his opinion, not necessary. It is 30 minutes past the hour of seven. At the halfway point, let me ask you, what, what is important to you um, as a person? Let me scan through some of the early comments that came on Facebook, and when I come back, I'm going to ask is to choose from the ones that AC shared, the one that he wants to add to his list and comment on, and then I'm going to do the same to AC. But let me take a few comments from Facebook on education. George Nati aligns with AC's point. He says a Ghana where there is 99.9% .9 literacy rate. Mark Evans says a Ghana where we have practical educational system hinging on science and technology. 
Blay Amihia says affordable world-class universities. Frankie L. Alhava says a practical and educational system, um, technical educational system instead of the theoretical one that we have. On corruption, Erasmus Decker says zero tolerance of corruption will be my priority. It's a view shared by Christabel Stildazi. Dennis Ochre Braco says my ideal Ghana must be free of institutional corruption and bureaucracies. Um, on the issue of functional systems and structures, Gifty or Seb Wachigingli says, a Ghana where the rule of law works with strong institutions and processes for ensuring quality standards and accountability to the citizenry. Um, Patrick Bedu says, modern water transport within the city and through Akosombo to the small towns in the north. So, is it your rail and road network? He adds mm-hmm. an inland water system. Janet Winton, writing from the U.S., says, Faith in God, for with God all things are possible. And when I come back, I'm going to talk about the views on leadership and good governance mm-hmm. from the listeners who have contributed so far on social media. So, Ace, let me give, um, let me give you a chance to um, comment on the first five that Isi has given us, which one you want to steal and add to your list and, and you have a few thoughts on? All, all of them. <laughs> the, the, you know, that the, the, the need for people who seek public office to get some little training mm-hmm. in public affairs is, is absolutely important because sometimes we literally rip people out of school Mm-hmm. after national service mm-hmm. to become a minister or deputy minister mm-hmm. the person is absolutely clueless on the on the on the dynamics of life and if such a person were to go to a two three month boot camp teaching you even how to speak in public mm-hmm. so you don't stand there and say where is my speech <laughs> I'm sorry, Albert. You see, you, you do these things to me, and I get into trouble. Exactly. You, you let me talk, and then I get into trouble. I, you shall allow me to stay in my house. The register choose our guests with, with their with allowed me to stay in my house. Some things just come out, and I can't control it. And I get into trouble. I know trouble. you can. It's deliberate. <laughs> right? We have to train our people. Look, you and I have been to Aspen. Have, have you been here? there. Almost every U.S. president has been through the Aspen right. Institute. Mm-hmm. Where you spend a week doing what thinking, being taught various things and discussing these things. So we, I, I completely agree. I agree with the, with the, with the, with the transport, and I'll add the water bit. God gave us Kole Lagoon, moving from mm-hmm. South Accra to the north of Accra. Mm-hmm. In many other countries, this would be a major mode of transportation. Canary Wharf. Can, in canary the UK? Wharf. Can, look at what. Now, now, now what have we done, it, done to it? It's just a glorified gutter mm-hmm. with all the... You see, Kole typifies who we are. Mm-hmm. The Kole Lagoon typifies who we are. We've made it. We, we've killed it. There can't be a fish in it. <laughs> and we borrowed money to reclaim it. Mm-hmm. And we spent it, but we couldn't reclaim it because we couldn't move people. <laughs> uh, 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 sorry, Albert. I'm, I, I, one, I, I'm, I'm done. So that's, that's the one that you will choose. Mm-hmm. You chose more than one, actually. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> For me, the the scrapping of public holidays. I think we have too many holidays. I teach, and there are times when, depending on which week it is, you might lose about three different teaching days just because of holidays, a string of holidays. And I think um, in other places, holidays, that's when people open their shops because people aren't working and they can come and buy, etc., etc. Here, holidays, everything shuts down. It makes absolutely no sense to me. And I think it's, it also reflects our mindset when it comes to work, work ethic. Um, 
And I really like the new Ghanaian. I think that underlies everything we're talking about. It's a new mindset. You know, once you start from the mindset, everything else is sorted. All right. So that's halfway through our discussion. And, and I know what you're saying in your mind. Listen, you can't complete this in one shoe. I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, we know. I'm going to take a brief break. Flying in from South Africa several years ago, this issue of public holidays engaged our thinking right up in the air with no phone calls and no interruption. Mm. We sat down and began to calculate and we're writing the book. Mm. Um, <clears throat> the more you know, the better it gets. Mm. And we're, we had been influenced by what we had seen in South Africa. Uh, how serious they were as a nation. And so we sat down to calculate on the, in the air mm-hmm. how much time we spent on holidays and we put it all together and we realized how little of our productive time we are using as individuals mm-hmm. and by extension as a nation. That analysis in the, is in the book, the more you know, the better it gets. If you find it, you'll find it quite useful. It's quite a quantitative um, analysis and I, I've seen it do it also in, in, on a different platform. We only have two days weekend. Right. That's 104 days mm-hmm. out of 365. Mm-hmm. It, it calls for another discussion. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go to the second set of prescriptions. And this time I'll start, I'm going to start from Ace Ankuma. My guest for tonight alongside Dr. Isi Anson. The Holiday Grinch. Yes. And by the way, your friend, your friend is at, at JFK and he's listening and on his phone and he's saying that his prescription is German-like discipline. Yeah. Right. <laughs> he calls me the Holiday Grinch. Now, now, now but, but let me add on the issue of holidays. That if the holiday falls on Saturday on the weekend, leave it on the weekend. Mm-hmm. Right. Don't transmute it to a weekday. Right. Let it stay. There's there. a reason why I feel there. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Six. Uh, now I'm going to. Now you know why I shouldn't vote for these two to become president. <laughs> <laughs> Six. We need a vibrant and viable third party in Ghana. Mm. My view is that the two parties are very evenly matched. I don't think any of them exceeds forty percent in the vote. A party that can make twenty percent can change this country. We need a viable and vibrant third party to take votes away. You think they're complacent? Oh, they're absolutely complacent. They know yeah. we're going to swing between the two of them. Beyond. They're just going to swing between the two of them. And you know what? Look, sometimes the, the, the fight is just in the, in, in the air. They're doing deals. They're doing backroom deals. Mm-hmm. You know, they're campaigning for each other in constituencies. It's a known fact that some parliamentarians from one, one senior parliamentarian from one party went to assist the other parliamentarian in another party to win his primaries. So they're, they're, they're just wrapping each other's back and taking us on a ride as if they are fighting each other. They are not. Okay? We need a vibrant third party, which may not win, but will carry sufficient weight to... Um, look, if, because if you, if you don't get them, you don't get majority in parliament, you can't pass your bills. If you don't get them, your, your government won't run. So you get into... Co- into, into, into uh, we are forced into coalitions. And somehow, maybe a lot of wisdom will be beating down the heads of the two parties who are just... They're, 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 just, they're cool. Mm-hmm. It's going to swing to us in anyway, so let's just wait. So my, my sixth one, we need a vibrant and viable third party. There are many, I hear there are 17, but I don't think any of them is a third yet. GCP, I don't think this is a like this. All right. Okay. Seven, we need an independent office to prosecute crime. Mm. Call it what you want. Divide Attorney General for Minister of Justice. But no, no, for me, the issue is that take the prosecution of crime from the desk of the executive. The executive should have no influence on who is prosecuted. Eight. Now, this applies to me, and it's a word you might not like, but I would use it anyway. We need idiot-proof systems of governance headed by men and women with spine. Mm. Idiot-proof. It is so well-structured that even if an idiot like me is appointed, it will still work. 
That's why I say, who, who cares who the Chancellor of Switzerland is? <laughs> right? The system is working. Um, the the, 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 the Thailand sometimes change their prime ministers mm. many times in a year, but the system is working. Why is the system working? Because they have structures. The structures are idiot proof. And the men and women who are manning it have spine mm. to do what they have to do. Anyway, that's um, eight. Nine. Can we become a little bit more aggressive as a people? I think we are too deferring. We are too reticent and laid back. We respect titles. Mm. Can we begin to demand a little bit more? So I think that we need a little, not too much, but a little bit, a little more aggression as a people. Ten. And this hacks to the issue of corruption. Can we make law-breaking painful? Mm-hmm. Right now, it is not. If the person breaks the law, they'll beg and you go home. Mm. Now, I think they shall arrest those who beg as well. <laughs> they will beg for those who have committed wrong. But can we make law-breaking painful? If a person is caught in corruption, can the person go to jail? When I come back, I'm going to ask you your top three out of your ten. Let me go over to Isiasson okay. and find out your... And before that, before that, for those who are writing religiously, mm-hmm. let me just give you Ace's second half. Vibrant and viable third parties, number six. Number seven, an independent office to prosecute crime. Number eight, an idiot-proof or idiot-proof systems of government headed by men and women of spine. Is that correct? Yeah. Right. Number nine, a more assertive and a more aggressive people demanding what is rightfully theirs and not overly deferring to titles. Number 10, can we, it's a question, can we make law-breaking more painful, a bit more painful? <laughs> it's almost like a plea, a bit more painful. Yeah, more to cry. Right. Yes, <laughs> yes, Okay. Number six. So, you know, my number one had... A, B, C, and D. So wow. I'm picking one out of it. <laughs> Hold on. Hold on. I'm lost. I didn't give you the A, B, C, D. So I gave you just one, which was A. So I'm picking one of these. Don't mind me. Let me go. <laughs> so um, let me start with a public sector that is top performing, hires the very best and pays them very well, comparable to other sectors. Right. Um, and then 24-7 wet facilities, water, electricity, and toilet facilities. Hold on a second. So these are your... This, that's your number so this, that's number two. Well, number seven. Right. Okay. And so, so this is... So hold on. Let me get it in your own words. Because okay. you're going to publish these. So okay. number six, you're saying that we must... Public sector must hire the very best and pay them well? Yes. Right. Would you work in the public sector if it was more rewarded and more fulfilling? Um, even when it's not more rewarding and fulfilling, I think it's worth it. Yes. You will. Yes. I'll look out for that. In the but show. I'll be. I'll be. Short term, medium term, long term. Um, medium, long term, not politics. You know, sometimes people mix it up. But the agencies, the institutions, where you can go and actually transform things. Yes. Okay, so assume that Ace was president and he, he was offering you. <laughs> An office to work in an extremely <laughs> unlikely event. Yes, no. That's no. why I call it my ideal guy. Let's see if I'm smiling. The number of times you mention ideal, the sales of ideal work will go up. I only ask for the passport office. That's the only one I ask for. Are these prescriptions influenced by, by your pain or your pleasure or your passion? By the disgrace we suffer. Right. So, public sector has had the very best and paid them well. 
Number seven. 24-7 portable water, electricity and toilet facilities. Or sanitation facilities. Not just waste disposal. All those things should fall in there. All right. Number eight. Very well-resourced hospitals and, you know, healthcare facilities where politicians will take themselves when they themselves are not well. So facilities that serve people and do such a good job, they're well-resourced and people won't be flying to South Africa and wherever else for medical care. You think it's an indictment that those who rule our nations don't use what they themselves superintend? Well, if we're paying you with public funds and not using public, you know, amenities, facilities, it means you now you don't trust it. So there's a problem but, but there. Why don't you prescribe that the children also go to public schools? I think they should. But you can't force people. You have to just conscientize them. There's a mindset change. The new Ghanaian, right? Number nine. <laughs> um, a civil society that is buzzing with life to keep everybody on their toes. You know, there are different interest groups that are grossly underrepresented in policy, etc. Senior citizens, um, for example. So a, a civil society that has different interest groups, different pressure groups, different, not a chaotic mix, but I think one of the things that Ace said is we're too docile. You know, we need to, um, we need a little more gaga, you know, and um, I think along with that, a civil society that is going to keep public sector, private sector, you know, consumer protection, all those things, keep everybody on their toes. Number 10? Hmm. Um, death to all scandals. So number 10 is perfectly aligned across the left and the right. Death to death all scandals. To all corruption. You know, we, we call it corruption. It's theft, it's cheating, it's stealing, it's lying. Let's call it what it is and make sure that, I mean, in my ideal Ghana, we eliminate all those things and we stop using the word corruption, actually. I would ban corruption if I could, the oh. word. <coughs> it's stealing, it's stealing. You know, don't hide behind the big words. Right. So corruption is the nickname of stealing, lying, cheating, lying. cheating. Yeah. What a bag of potatoes we've opened tonight. Very interesting prescriptions coming from my guests, Dr. Isiansa and Ace Ankuma, sharing with us their own prescriptions for the ideal Ghana that they would they would love to have. Let me let me let me make an audacious attempt to get your top three. If if you were pushed, what would be your top three and why? I'll I'll start with the new Ghanaian. Look, we need people who are irritated by mediocrity. We are not hewers of wood and drawers of water. Definitely, we are not cutters of grass and gatherers of stone. And we need to assert ourselves through a rethinking. We have conformed too much. Now, now understand something. What you are conforming to was somebody's transformation years ago. And you are sticking with it in these times, still conforming. It is time for us to break the mold and move forward. The world is going at such speed that we, we look, as I say, the, the, the future started yesterday and we're already late. So we need a Ghanaian who is the Ghanaian who, whose mind is focused on achieving big things. If we do these things in our little corners, together as, as a people, we'll do great things. So that's number one. Right. Number two, because it will feed the others, is the issue of the small government. Right. Look, 
the, Ghan, the government of Ghana can be very rich if it wasn't paying so many people. Right. So we probably don't need to raise further funds for the government. If the government wasn't paying so many people, the hangers on, what, what, what was it? Some, so there's some huge percentage, more than 50%, is being used to pay salaries. Right? If the governance structure wasn't that big, the government would be rich enough to pump all of that money and tax money into free education. Shrink that beast. My third one, the holidays. And now I'll get into some of the details. AU Day, let's observe it. Let's not. If Africa you don't need anything, you need to work, not holidays. Mm-hmm. The biggest and richest African countries, South Africa, Nigeria, do not have a holiday on 25th March. Guess what? Ethiopia with 25th uh, May. Guess what? Ethiopia, which is the seat of the AU, does not observe it as a public holiday. Mm. Why, why is Ghana observing it as a public holiday? Mm. It's we and Niger and Gambia, and we are a very auspicious <laughs> company, Zimbabwe. <laughs> now, <laughs> so that should go. I think we should merge Workers' Day and Farmers' Day. Mm. They, they're all workers. Let's, let, let, let's, let's add some spice to it so we can celebrate the farmers, celebrate all workers in this country mm. in one day. And something the Christians may not like. Easter Monday doesn't make any sense to mm-hmm. me. Right. How can you have a holiday after a holiday to rest from the holiday? What is the reason for having Easter Monday as a public holiday? We celebrated the death of Christ on Friday. Mm-hmm. We went to church on Sunday. Go back to work on Monday morning. Mm-hmm. Why do you need a holiday to rest from a holiday? Same with another one. Um, arguably, Boxing Day. You've had Christmas Day. Go back to work the next day. Right. Founders Day. Let's mark it. Let's celebrate the man by going to work. He himself had it as a holiday, I think, just a year or two before he was overthrown. For the vast majority of his rule, his birthday was not a holiday. It was made a holiday, I think, a year or two, and then he was overthrown, and then scrapped, thrown into the dustbin for us to revive it now. <laughs> I think the man was a worker. Mr. Zankuma was a worker. Let's go to work to honor him on his birthday. Right. In fact, if I had the chance, I'll even add half day on Saturday. <laughs> That's my thought. All right. <laughs> my guest, Asan Kuma, is then Isi Ace is giving me his top three, and not surprisingly. All right. So the new Ghanaian is number one on Ace's top three. Number two is small government, and number three is the revising of our position on holidays completely. And he's giving us practical ways, targets. AU Day, Easter Monday, Boxing Day, and then Merge Farmers Day and mm-hmm. Workers Day. At least, if you say, show us how it can be done, he showed you how he thinks it can be done. Let's go to AC and final AC, your top three and why. All right, so um, I believe strongly in the Public Leadership Training Institute. I'm not talking about a place that is just issuing certificates. Right. This is a place where leaders can actually get into themselves, self-awareness, a lot of reflection, where you're talking about ethics. I don't think you should be running anything in this country, you know, public office, when you don't understand the law, you don't understand the economy. So you're studying everything, you know, a little bit of environment, sociology, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I think it's critical. Um, so that would be definitely still on my list. And then the industrial powerhouse, which um, will go very well with road and rail network. Um, that would support the industry so that somebody may produce something in a, in a rural area, you know, you, you're farming, or even if it's, you know, mining, bauxite, ore, etc., etc. Um, you have routes that can bring them, you know, to the point of exit um, for export. So an industrial powerhouse where we're actually producing goods and services for the region, for the continent, for the world. Look at China. 
Um, and then we should be able to develop a solid road and rail system to, to complement that. It's, it's really hard picking three, actually, if you I ask know, me. It's, it's you punishing. Know. It is. Um, right. So I'll just leave these three and I'll take Aces three and then we add them and then we have our perfect society. I'll right? tell you what, when I finish, I'll, I'm, I'm going to give you one, I'll give you one prescription each week. AC and says top three public leadership training institutes, the industrial powerhouse, and then very importantly, um, the extensive road, rail, and maybe inland water mm. transport system. Closing thoughts, <laughs> starting with this. Closing thoughts. It's very painful to close a beautiful program like this, but mm. let's, let's do it in one minute each. Well, look, it, it, it all has to do with the mind. If you are listening to me today, let me prescribe something for you. Create thinking time and put down things that you'd want to do and do them. Um, we, we have too much given to us by God to be a broken country. And the only reason is that we haven't demanded enough. Think. It's free. Thinking is free. Let's go to Dr. Isi. Isi, your, prescri- your closing thoughts for this evening, your ideal Ghana. I think um, it's easy for anyone to talk about the things they would like to see, but talking is one thing, doing is another. And even though we may position some of these things as ideals, there are some of these that we can start. Start by through advocacy or start by doing. You're running a school. Well, what can you do to make sure that it's working well? You're running an organization. You know, how do you start where you are with what you have, whatever you have in your hand? And so the challenge I'd like to throw out is um, we shouldn't wait for somebody to come build that ideal Ghana. What do you have in your hand? Start with it, where you are with what you have. And I think that's important. Let me say a big thank you to you, Isi Ansa, for joining us tonight. Isi Ansa, for joining us tonight. And for all of you who have contributed to this discussion on social media, let's keep the discussion going. And next week, I'm going to read some. These prescriptions, they won't die. I mean, they're not time-bound. Mm-hmm. So if I didn't read your text today, I'm going to try and... Because there are several of them on ACES World, several on ACES World, as well as our various platforms. I'm going to take my time and read as many of them as possible. And for those listening in different countries, I hope you are prescribing for Ghana and not the country that you live in. Mm-hmm. So let's do this again next week. We have two very interesting guests joining us next week as we pick up the discussion on My Ideal Ghana. For the next five weeks, the place to be every Sunday evening at 7 p.m. is Springboard, your virtual university. On behalf of Comfort... Matthew and Amos. My name is Albert Okran. God bless you. God bless you. And God bless you. Thank you for listening to Springboard Zone, an inspirational podcast by Albert and Comfort Okran. Like our Facebook and Twitter pages at Albert and E. Okran and Comfort Okran A for free resources and information about our itinerary, conferences, and media broadcasts. For speaking appointments, email albert.okran at icloud.com or SMS or WhatsApp us on plus 233-2499-99000. You may also subscribe to www.albertokran.com, amazon.com or your favorite online bookstore for copies of our inspirational books and audiovisual materials. Until we come your way again, Always remember, you are blessed indeed. No more searching.